What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. The Matt Sodnikar Podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Matt Sodnikar. I'm here with uh, Paul Steinhauser, another friend of mine from Improv. This is uh, probably the fifth or sixth in our series on uh, comedy in various forms. So with that, Paul, welcome and thanks for making the time. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So um, one of the questions I've been asking everybody is, what was your journey to improv? Well, uh, I have always been a very theater oriented person ever since middle school. I was in almost every play in middle school and almost every play in high school. And then a couple of outside theaters when I wasn't in the main school ones. So I've always loved acting. Uh, It has always been just great to be on the stage and perform and love taking on the role of another character just embedding yourself into the mindset of another uh character (laughs) (laughs) another persona i would say yeah um and then once i reached college uh i really fell out of it like i just uh, i didn't act for the most part uh the only time I ever acted after high school was I actually did take classes at another improv company downtown here in Denver. Um, And that was like an eight week program just to do improv comedy. And yeah, after that, I just hit college, didn't touch theater at all. Uh, Did you miss it? I did. I really did. It was... um, uh, kind of dark, just no singing, no acting. But then I uh, came back to Parker, uh, and that's when I, uh, my dad just offhandedly mentioned to me one day, he was like, Hey, Paula, have you been on meetup.com? It just lets you find uh, groups to suited to your interests. And Cause I was just, I think I was just bored one day and trying to figure out something to do. So when I got on, on that meetup app, uh, I saw improv jam or improv comedy. I don't think it was called improv jam at the beginning. And that's how I got my introduction. I just showed up and it's actually kind of funny. The first day that I showed up, I dipped out early to go watch uh, UNC's Tommy by the who? Yeah. The rock opera. And I, <laughs> so that was awkward <laughs> <laughs> just to be like, all right, uh, great warm up games, everybody. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I got tickets to a fancy musical. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then I went back the next week and just stuck with it. And it was great. What did you like about it? I mean, had you done, well, let me ask you this. Had you done in any of your theater or musical experience, any improv up to that point? Well, in theater class in high school, you would play improv games just to warm up the class. Or uh, if we were just having a fun day, let's play some, play some fun improv games that day. Um, one time the teacher just, she could not, she had somewhere to be during our class. So she put me in charge (laughs) of just running an improv sort of day. And that was, that was great fun. Just, (laughs) I don't remember exactly what games I played. I think I played party quirks because I saw it on his line and it was easy to explain. Um, we played probably scenes from a hat uh, just a bunch of them. And yeah, you would often play improv games for a theater class, but nothing, nothing like we do. That was just like stupid, st- <laughs> <laughs> stupid high school students trying to play 
acting. <laughs> but no, the stuff we've learned through Parker Players is just so much more in depth than any anything from high school. <laughs> and uh, welcome Emily Felsenthal here. Hello. <laughs> You started in high school? I, I said that uh, I've just been acting throughout high school, so like shows, musicals, and nothing, nothing up to the... Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention, though, would be that the outside theater company I used to work with, uh, they were called Classic Acts. One time they put on an improv show. One time. <laughs> I think that it was not very popular <laughs> but so Emily why don't you take us through your uh, journey to improv yeah um let's see how we should have planned this ahead of time well it's improv you'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> well well played I always liked comedy growing up but never um, had any interest in like theater or acting. Um, I admittedly judged the theater kids in like middle and high school and college. Sorry. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Um, we're weird, (laughs) but I was, I was more in like the athlete world, but my, when I was 20, like 526. Um, I was teaching and had been teaching for about four years and I uh, was teaching in a pretty tough school at the time. And so was spending like easily like 13 or 14 hours a day just like working on school stuff um, and reached a point where I was like, man, I used to be like a really interesting person who had like hobbies and like multiple interests and stuff. And I felt like Emily Felsenthal colon teacher the end. Um, and didn't feel very good about that. So I started, I was in Chicago and was thinking about like, okay, what's something new I could try? Um, and second city is in Chicago. So I signed up for their writing program, um, and did that for about six months. I really liked it. Um, unfortunately writing is really hard to keep up with. Um, it becomes like a full-time job pretty quickly if you want to be good at it. And so it was like, well, I can't like really do justice to this in the way I wanted to. And improv was like the next logical step where I could still stay involved with comedy and uh, with Second City, but be able to just commit my like three hours a week and not have to like think about it outside of that. Um, so I started started Second City, went through their whole program. Then I went to um, a theater called IO, which is amazing. And I highly recommend um, eventually moved out to L.A., not for improv, for other reasons. And Joined a Gilmore Girls themed improv group there. <laughs> what was that called? That's amazing. Uh, we were called Christian Amanpour um, because that is Rory Gilmore's favorite journalist. Wow. <laughs> wow. Deep cut on that one. Yeah. <laughs> For the true fans. Um, and did like narrative improv through that. So every, every show we did was like an improvised episode of Gilmore Girls, which was really fun. It's incredible. Um, and then found my way out here a couple months ago and joined you guys. I really love like the number one thing that I've gotten out of improv and that keeps me like with it is that it is a complete mental break every week from like anything else that's going on. And you can just like be in that space and just be creative and be like you have to be so focused on the improv that nothing else matters. And it's such like a beautiful, like fun release, I think, every week. I would agree. And for me, with my attention issues and so many hamsters on the wheel at any given time. Mm-hmm. Like it forces me, if nothing else, to be right here right now and just paying attention. And from that particular thing is why I enjoy it because I'm really present. And if I'm not, I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've become a better listener in like my own personal life as a result as well. Cause like, if you're not, like you were saying, if you're not present, if you're not listening in an, in a scene, you literally just screw it up for you everyone else. You will miss. <laughs> like, and it's like, that's on me. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I like had to train myself to just be better at that all of the time. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to change oh. this mic setting real quick. <laughs> Let's try that. I think that's going to sound better. Cool. Cool. <laughs> no comment. I have this exact one at home. Do you? Except it's silver. 
<laughs> so it's not the same. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds a lot better. Awesome. It's actually entirely different. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can't believe I used the word exact. I should have used approximate. <laughs> we don't care. I don't, I don't use it for professional purposes. It's so I can talk to my D&D group. <laughs> I actually know what that is. Me too. D and D, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, right? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought too. Okay. But good, good job, Claire. Be, yes, it would be weird if you were just like, yeah, I know what D and D is. <laughs> Who doesn't, right? <laughs> right, guys. I mean, obviously, I know what D and D is. <laughs> No, no. And uh, I used to have a really terrible mic, so it was always causing static when I was talking to people online. So when I got that one, it was like, oh, Paul, you are no longer sounding like you're broadcasting from Neptune. (laughs) That's a win. (laughs) So then, Emily, you went from Chicago to L.A. And then what brought you here to Denver? Probably the improv scene. Just kidding. <laughs> I was about to be like, wait. <laughs> no reaction. <laughs> you can see us working on that one. Like, hmm. The very established Denver improv scene. Obviously. Yes. Home of many famous improvisers. Yeah. Chicago and L.A. have nothing on Denver. Um, no, I was I'm from Chicago originally and um, have moved around a good amount in my adult life and found L.A. because it was just something totally different. And there were many things I really liked about L.A., like being outdoors and being active all the time, uh, the sunshine. But many things I really missed about being in the Midwest, like normal, nice people, um, flannel and (laughs) seasons. Uh, (laughs) So Denver kind of had everything that I was looking for. and I was ready for a new move. and. Denver was a place where I could like meet more like down to earth, regular humans, um, but also still be like active and outdoors all the time. So here I am. I love it. And it's smaller, which is nice. I I didn't like the big city as much. That's true. LA is crazy. Yeah, it's it's massive. I drove through it last year and was just, I don't know, somehow thought that if I started my trip that I had to drive what I thought was like 90 miles. So I'm thinking, you know, here in Denver, I'm going from here to Fort Collins. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. If I go at 10 on a Thursday in the morning, it should be just fine. And three and a half hours later. Yeah, truly. Absolutely. Takes takes a minute a mile here and it's like five minutes a mile or more. Yeah. It's crazy down there. (laughs) It's a cool thing because like it being so sprawling allows for a lot to exist there. Um, like a lot of different cultures and things like that exist in LA and that's pretty amazing. Uh, that's something that I guess <laughs> I think it's fair to say is maybe lacking in Denver. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah. but it does mean that you pretty spend, white hair. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very much. Um, but it also means that it's like hard to build community there because it does take so long to see anybody. And like, it's such an effort to get anywhere, um, versus Denver is a much smaller community, which I really like. So did you ever make it on stage at SCTV or or Second City in Chicago? I mean, how far did you go into that program? Um, So they have like two layers of their program. So there's the uh, levels A through E that anyone can sign up for. And then after that, you can audition for the conservatory, um, which is what I think Grant did. I Mm -hmm. think he did the conservatory. I never I never even like auditioned for the conservatory. That wasn't something I was super interested in. Um, So I did like the five basic levels that you can do there. It takes about a year and a half. Um, but you perform on their stages after every class. Um, so I did like four, I think four shows on a second city stage, which is like you invite your friends and stuff. It's not the same thing as like selling out a second city show, but it's still really cool to be in like the green rooms and on the stages where like Tina Fey and I mean, she's just, she's my everything, but we're like all of these, like Mike Myers and Steve Carell, like all performed to be like, wow, like they stood here and I am standing here and that is surreal. It's really cool. Like touching history. <laughs> yeah. And just, I mean, just so many pieces of the second city, second city building in Chicago has 
it's it's just been the same for a long time. They've done some like add-ons and stuff, but there's like walls where you see that they signed their names and they have pictures and stuff everywhere. And you're just like, whoa, like, our world is a little bit different because a lot of these people and like I'm in the space where they were when they were like borderline homeless and just trying to make it as comedians. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Is there a signed Emily picture at Second City? <laughs> One day. (laughs) (laughs) There's not and there will not be. We we should make that our project. If any of us goes out to uh, Chicago for business or for pleasure to sneak in and get a photo of you up on the wall. (laughs) That would be hilarious. (laughs) They'd have to dedicate a wall to like just teachers. Oh no, we'll put you on the, the main one. We'll get, you just tell me the dimensions and the frames. <laughs> People will be like, I don't know who this is, but she must be famous. <laughs> so you had talked about improv um, helping with your everyday skills. I wanted to ask, was there did you have a a misconception about improv that going through classes had corrected? Something you thought, oh, this is what it is, and like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so far off. <laughs> Um, I think the number one thing that I've learned that was very different than what I expected is I went in thinking that improv was for people who are just trying their hardest to be funny. Um, and I think some of the best improv coaches and teachers I've had are those who are like true improv is not trying to be funny. It's just trying to be real and like create true human connection on stage in any different form. Um, and like mirroring life in that way. Cause life is naturally very funny. Um, and I think like when you took, when I took that like exaggerated <clears throat> escalated attempt to be hilarious out of it, it also became a lot more fun just to like try to be a real human right on stage. And it made it way more interesting. Yeah. That's mostly what Grant taught me is being random. It's not funny. Like that's what you would see a lot. And, uh, like high school or just the amateur groups that when you start off teaching, it's like people are just trying to be as random as possible. Whereas just being truthful to what you are Mm -hmm. in the scene, in the moment is what gets the laugh because it's relatable. And I've seen that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes I watch shows or like even in some of our practices, there's, there are like entire scenes I watch where I don't laugh. But like, I also don't blink because I'm like Mm. so engaged and enraptured in what is happening, even though it's not like, like, ha 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 funny. It's like, wow, I'm like fascinated by this scene. And to me, that's almost more exciting sometimes just to be like, wow, like whatever you just did up there, Emily, like I just didn't want to look away Um, versus like she said penis. And that's hilarious. You know, Uh, like, yes, (laughs) yes. Which is like also funny too. <laughs> I've just been so um, amazed that the thing that works the most is always the most subtle and most sublime. It's not ever the 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 big splash or the joke. It's something that it, whether we're in rehearsal or on stage, it's something that is like you both said, just natural and real and it's not necessarily the biggest thing it's just that's the only thing that could have been said and it was said and it's like oh okay yeah it's just being present being in the moment it's just it, i never i'm one with you i'm like i'll see performances of ours and other performers like how did that even come about and it's not necessarily them being smart it's just oh that's the most logical thing that should have been said and they said it's fun it's It's really fun fun. what did you have any preconceived notions about improv like from high school that you know when you went like other ones well as i stated earlier it's mostly just trying to be that as random as possible like oh man here's a spork in my pocket that sort of thing like uh, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, oh, so many cringy moments. Paul is, <laughs> Paul is actually pulling a spork out of his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I bring this? <laughs> you no, never, that's... you never know when yeah. you need a spork. <laughs> There's something that is fun about just being goofy and random that I get. Like I get why 
you know, I remember in seventh grade, we had like an improv option for an elective at my middle school. And like, it was a lot of just like being a weirdo and like laughing at very surface level things. But there's something so different about when you like do bring it to that next level and you're like, no, no, like we're going to move beyond random and we're going to be a little bit smarter and a little bit more intentional with this uh, and try to be more real about it and how much more gratifying that is. You had an elective for improv in middle school? <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a really bougie place. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Is that wow. not obvious based on the J. Crew sweater that I'm wearing right now? <laughs> Emily is page 46 out of the catalog today. The fall collection. Pretty accurate. (laughs) You look great, by the way. Thank you. It it all flows from shoes to shirt. It's awesome. Well, I remember I remember when I was a a fanboy of the Parker players, I was in the uh, classes, but I hadn't been called up to the performance group Mm -hmm. yet. And so I'd go to the shows and then uh, would sort of weasel my way into the post show uh, happy or not the happy hours, the um, the bars afterwards. And I remember sitting at a table and I have like two or three jokes that I've memorized. Just so when people start telling jokes, I can participate, but I don't consider <laughs> myself like a stand up comedian or a joke teller. <laughs> yeah. And I have to hear no. what these jokes are. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what you're building up to. I'm going to be very disappointed if you don't break them out. I, I will tell I will tell the joke in this context, but the, the table, it was the, the Parker players and they were improving off this thing. And it just happened to align very, very close to the joke that I had. So and the joke is just a quick hit, like two line thing. And I noticed that it fell super flat because like you were saying, Paul, like the randomness of it, like I had taken the energy of the group and people that were riffing on this. And then I immediately kind of took the spotlight, shown it on me. And then just like this hard left and it just bombed. (laughs) Now, I don't know if it was because, you know, people didn't know me or it was not very funny, but it was just, I think more over the fact that I derailed the momentum of the the little scene that was going on there. And it yeah. was like, Oh, and that was really one of another powerful lesson in improv is like, Oh, let's, let's not do that. What was the joke? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> okay. So, cool story. <laughs> so the, uh, the bit was, uh, the group was talking about something like, um, Oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Like, um, like underage dating or something like that. Oh no. (laughs) And so the joke, which I like dating people who are underage, even though you're above the age of 18. Yeah. Something like that. Is that a thing that people are doing? Uh, We really don't want to get into it on this podcast. (laughs) This is suddenly a very serious. (laughs) So the joke, which I did not write, which I heard from a, a comedian somewhere and I just remembered and I said, um, I said, yeah, my girlfriend called me a pedophile once. And I said, that's a pretty big word for a 12 year old. Yeah. So, you know, groan inducing, not a good joke. And just it just I had it chambered up and I saw the conversation going that way. And I just jumped in and was like. Oh, and but like we also it, didn't know you very well, so it was kind of probably like, oh, I'm not sure if he's joking. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> totally, totally joking. Yeah. Okay. Well, glad that's cleared up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's important for everyone to know in this, in this situation. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like a, a very powerful lesson of like. You know, not necessarily place, but sort of timing and that improv is very, very different than just saying something funny at random. Mm -hmm. Or I'm someone who's like very planned in my life. Like I calendar everything. I like even just in conversations, I try to be thoughtful and like think through what I say before I say it. And improv has had to force me to not do that. And I even 
I mean, obviously still, even when we're practicing, find myself like thinking ahead about like, ooh, like what do I want to bring to this scene? And like, oh, I want to make sure I say this and just having to like shove that down and not do that. Because yep. even if like what I'm thinking is like super funny, <laughs> which it almost never is, um, <laughs> it's not it's not actually good improv, right? To just like put this like planned thing out there because it doesn't actually mesh well, with what's naturally happening. And that's what Grant explains is you might have this thing planned, but your partner doesn't know what you're planning. So they're not going to mm-hmm. be able to back you up on whatever you're planning on doing. They're going to. That's what improv is. You don't know going into the scene what your partner is going to do. But if you stick to the principles of make your scene partner look good, that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. That's when you get good improv because it feels natural. It feels uh, it feels just um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I said natural. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best word. But the, the real, point is, maybe real at that point is. It looks like it was written. It looks like it was scripted. And that's what Grant says is the best compliment is if somebody comes up to you, like how long did it take you to write that? That was right. You saw it. (laughs) You were there. (laughs) (laughs) Just so that's what makes improv just so charming. That's the beauty of it. And I feel like that's almost changed some of the ways that I watch shows now, too. Like when I go to an improv show, sometimes I'm not even noticing who the person is that gets the most laughs, but who is like the supporting person in that role that allowed that person to get those laughs. True. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'll watch like old um, uh, Second City skits with Tina Fey, for instance. And a lot of times she is not the person getting the most laughs, but she's in some of the funniest scenes. And I'm like, man, there are like sneaky things that she is doing to support those around her that allow them to look amazing. And if there was anyone else there besides her, this wouldn't have gone well. And she's maybe not getting the most attention, but she's doing some of the most like amazing work. She's doing the heavy lifting and sure. Somebody else has the spotlight, but that's not the point. Right. The point is, the show looks amazing and you're the one helping. Yeah. And I like it cause it's, it's true selflessness, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. And I, if I'm thinking about myself, then my attention is, uh, and my intent is in the wrong spot. Do you guys feel like that has impacted you in your non-improv lives Some, in your personal lives at all? Well, uh, <laughs> At work, uh, sometimes if they ask me a question, I do the opposite of what you were saying earlier. Like sometimes I take like a pause because I want to make sure that I say the right thing. Uh, if only because I don't want my improv mind to come out and say something ridiculously stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say the first thing into my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what Grant has said. He says, not first thought, make it third thought, because that'll be the best thought that you have. But if I take this awkward pause, my boss is like, Paul, why? (laughs) He's noticed a couple of times. Like, all I asked was, do you have those spreadsheets ready? Like, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> and in your relationship with the 12 year old, do you feel like these X ex, ex relationship oh, with sorry. the 12 year old? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I didn't even like joking about it. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. No, it's uh it's put clarity on why I'm drawn to friends more some friends more than others. Hmm. Um, and knowing why, and I talked about this when I interviewed Shivani, I've got a friend in Dallas that he and I just hit it off immediately. And we'd been friends for about a year and a half. And then he said, Oh yeah, I was taking improv classes. And I had just, it was kind of on my radar to start taking classes, but we always had so much fun hanging out together. It just was natural. And we just would laugh and just things were in the moment. And it's helped me understand why I like more people, some people more than others and why people are a lot more fun. And 
I've got friends that are I'm hanging out with me. I was like, you'd be really good at this if you just because that whole 15 minutes that we were doing about beer or whatever it was like you you're improvising mm-hmm. and it's just fun. And it's kind of <clears throat> but then on the other side is it's I've filtered some people out or if they're not fun on text or email or in person, we're like, why would you say something like that? Like, oh, you don't get it. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't offensive, right? It was yeah. just, they're not playing along. And it's just kind of like, oh, you just killed this little scene that we're having here. And it's like, but I don't like cut them off. It's just like, oh, you're <laughs> one, just- one text message goes wrong and they're, <laughs> and they're out. <laughs> you don't get me. <laughs> we're not friends. Never contact me again. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <laughs> goodness yeah but oh yeah it does yeah the listening and and taking care of somebody else um Mm -hmm. it has helped me um kind of rein in some of my impulsivity Hmm. so in addition to the attention issues i deal with like i was very very impulsive like there was a straight log ride of my brain with thoughts just coming out my mouth and I still have those thoughts but I've learned to like oh let's mm, two seconds think about this so it's helped me say something or not say something that would you know impact the other person so that's amazing you feel like you've gotten that from improv Mm mm-hmm even more so. Yeah. And, and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of therapy. Too. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but mostly improv. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But just having that thought and just going, is this not appropriate, but is this going to be uh, perhaps hurtful or productive and just giving me those kind of like a, almost a checklist to think about, you know, and there's times when I just completely let it off the chain and I'm just like, you know, we'll say whatever pops into my head, but knowing to sort of trying to slow down the conversation so I can process it has been very, very helpful. And just staying like in that moment, in that next sentence. One of the things that I really enjoyed about um, the first couple classes I took with Second City, at least, was that I'd say the majority of the people in my classes were not aspiring actors or improvisers or comedians. Um, they were people who were struggling through some sort of, I want, uh, I don't know. I don't feel like this is going to sound great, but some sort of like personality challenge mm-hmm. that they had. Uh, you okay? Yeah. Just random. Okay. okay. Wrong type. <laughs> Sorry. When I swallow. Um, <laughs> uh, so people who are like, like so shy that they don't know how to like interact with just like regular people at work or people who like really struggle to work on a team because they're very independently driven, whose friends, family, bosses, whatever had encouraged them to take some improv classes as a way to like work through some of those like personal challenges and seeing how quickly that can like impact someone's life. It was so cool because I had gone in thinking like, hey, it's going to be a bunch of those theater types and sorry, <laughs> sorry again. Uh, I get it. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> I made some great friends who are theater types. And I guess I probably am too. I should just admit that. But I also met people who were like, like there was in my first class, there was this guy whose name I don't remember, but he was so socially awkward that like we had a 15 minute break and we all like sat down and we're like, Hey, I'm Emily, blah, blah, blah. And he like sat on the opposite side of the room by himself oh because he like, wasn't sure if like he should sit with us or not. And we we're like, hey, man, you want to sit with us? And he was like, oh, like, I didn't I didn't know if like I could. And we we're like, yeah, like, yeah, come sit. Like, we're all just none of us know each Why other. You know, would we care? <laughs> yeah. But like seeing him like gradually get oh, more no. comfortable around people and like like have to be forced to step outside of his comfort zone every single week in class was amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And that's like man, everyone should do improv. I really I really think everyone should do it at some point. Would you say, um, for this question for both of you, would you say that you are introverted naturally? No, (laughs) honestly, I like meeting people. (laughs) You'll you'll find me mingling at a party often, just trying to figure out who everybody is. (laughs) 
Yeah, I've always been like loud and pretty extroverted. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm introverted and I'm just lying to myself. I definitely was in high school. I, I was always in my basement just playing video games. And what changed? Wouldn't. I don't know. I think it really was when I hit college was when I became very sociable and just able to talk to people way more easily. Hmm. I don't know the difference of why that happened, but maybe I did take improv classes right before going to college. So uh, part of me definitely thinks that that had something to do with it of just being able to roll with the punches and when somebody's talking and uh, more easily connect with people. I mean, high school is also just like the worst social environment it's ever. A, it's a cesspool, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that you're like, maybe I like wasn't my most confident self in high school. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And college <laughs> is a place where it's like, okay, I can at least like play around with being myself here and like be more confident in who I am. I was definitely way more com- comfortable around people in college. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I was friends with everybody in high school, but I never was completely in any group. I, I was a hmm. uh, below average baseball player, so I knew some of the jocks and I was kind of above average in academics, but I was never like the brainiacs. And <clears throat> so I just kind of knew everybody, but never really fit in anywhere. Right. And I had the same experience in college on my dorm floor. There were 12 of us that were all the same way. And it was just like, I had no idea there was people like me. Right. Like we're kind of smart, kind of athletic, but not stand out in any one aspect. I was like, wow. Like I really had legit friends for the first time ever. That was really cool. Yeah. I was kind of in high school. I had, um, I was a big swimmer, uh, growing up. And so I had like my little swimming click. That I hung out with, but other than that was very much like a floater. Like I got along with most people, yeah. <clears throat> um, but didn't have like my like set crew for most of high school. And then exact same thing. College was just like, oh my, like I felt like a rock star every day. I was like, <laughs> I know all these people. I love it here. This place like gets me. I feel like I'm like learning and growing and like I want to try everything and all the free froyo you could ever dream of every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, Absolutely. What an unreal time in life. I really did just stick to the theater and the choir. Clicks. Mm-hmm. Never really ventured far from that. <laughs> but that's the whole point. Like, find your find your people, right? Yeah, right. The other thing I've noticed about particularly Parker players is that everybody is so accepting. And mm-hmm. I've I felt like a friend to everybody or I was their friend almost right off the bat, even though I didn't know a whole lot about people. Like, Yeah, you'd always come out to drink with us after a show. And it's always like. Hey, what's up, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) But even in that respect, like for people that are introverted or needing social interaction, like it'd be this group in particular, it'd be great because just show up, you know, there's it's such a judgment free zone that I, I noticed how judgment free it was like in no other social circle in my existence have I ever experienced something just so like yeah man it's cool it's it's been as someone who's pretty new to it still um even my first week that i stopped by the rehearsal afterwards people were like going to get drinks and i was going home (laughs) and people like multiple people were like you're not coming to get drinks with us like come on and i was like man they like actually care that I'm part of this and I've only known them for like three hours. And for those three hours, I wasn't even really Emily. I was like all these other people, like I was playing all these other roles, but the sense of community and like, are almost like family, I feel like, and how much people just like want to know each other and just assume that you're part of this. So we're friends is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's really nice. Yeah, I went to go see Paul at his karaoke competition, which is <laughs> so cool. <clears throat> I have to tell that. you, I hate karaoke, but I went because because <laughs> you were performing. It was like it was important to you. So hey, I really appreciated it. It was fun. I also didn't know karaoke competitions were a thing until I joined the Parker Players. <laughs> I feel like every week I get an update on that. I'm like, I don't know about that. 
Do you do uh, karaoke, Emily? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. We'll be we'll be the fans. We'll yeah. be in the background. <laughs> I'm not not much of a singer. My mom once told me on Christmas at church to like shh. Oh no! <laughs> While you're making singing. baby Jesus cry. Well, that is like, okay. that has to be a blow to your self esteem. Like noted. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't sing for a couple years after that. Ouch. Yeah, it's, it's all right. That it was is... honestly also like it was honest. <laughs> it was, I, can't, I can't be too mad about that. My whole family is pretty tone deaf. It's fine. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. <laughs> We can. <laughs> oh, well, I'll discuss that one with my therapist. <laughs> so uh, I'll ask this question to both of you. Where do you see improv taking you in the, the future? Do you have any designs, plans, ambitions? Are you doing that thing where you're trying to think before you say something? So you don't the say problem. Something? <laughs> the problem being is like. <laughs> I've. Kind of backed myself into a corner with my career with uh, air traffic control. It's oh. what I'm trying to do. And can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> Just so I get because the problem is like, I don't know where I'll be. Oh, and I don't exactly get to choose if I become an air traffic control or where I mm. go. So that's that'll be my final departure from here. Sure. And so I don't know where I'll go and if there will be improv. It could be like nowhere Wyoming, something like that. So and I'll seriously miss it. Well, guess who's starting a theater group up there and you're going to be the director. <laughs> <laughs> uh, directing is on a whole other level. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, the question was, do you see, do you have dreams or ambitions of um, being on stage or on TV? Always. Or movies? I okay. love performing. Yeah. Like, uh, I, just, I go to karaoke every week, like minimum once a week. And I'm constantly, I love whenever I'm put into a show in this group. I love being on the stage. So performing. It's just a passion of mine. And I wouldn't ever consider myself good enough to be in a movie or television show, but being on that stage is always. In, and I'm not saying I'll never be in a television show or a movie. Don't get me wrong. But for now, the stage is all I need. Cool. That was a really nice. Like that was like a really nice moment. (laughs) I just learned a lot about you. That was cool. Um, I thought about this a lot because I really like, I I also like performing and I just really like improv. Um, For now, I don't really need the stage at all. Just like going to rehearsals is plenty. Um, But I do think like down the road, I could see myself being like 70 and retired and being like, I'm going to go for SNL now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They'll save money on makeup. (laughs) You're always the old character. (laughs) 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 I think I have this. Having now I'm so I'm 30 and I've been working what for like eight years. And I think when I was younger, it seemed to me that like whatever job I chose was just like my job and that would just be it. But being in this like work world for a little bit longer, I'm like, man, like this is a whatever you I just have like so many years to do whatever I want. And I love working in education and I love teaching and I'm going to do that for a very, very long time. But like, who knows, like another like 10, 20 years. I know I'm going to still love improv then. And maybe I'm going to be like, I'm going to like leave this regular working world behind and just like pursue improv. Who knows? That would be, that would be surprising, but that could happen or I'll wait till I retire. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Why not you? Why not you? I just don't see, I don't see myself leaving like the comedy world at any point. Like it's a really important part of my 
of my like life that I don't really want to just abandon at any time, even if it is just rehearsing, which is really fun. Playing around with some friends. Yeah, that's that's what I enjoy, too. Like the stage, I I don't mind being on stage, but it's the rehearsals where it's a lot more fun. You know, I I like the energy and the focus and having to drown out so much. But the rehearsals are what I look forward to. Mm -hmm. I slightly disagree, (laughs) but that's yes. And I live for the performance. (laughs) No, no. Rehearsal is always just such a blast. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's also like a sense of my fear of failure that comes into why I like rehearsing more than performing. Like when you're on stage, you get like one shot. And if it doesn't go well, it's like, well, there's that versus in rehearsals, you just get like rep after rep after rep after rep. And it's like then you sit down, watch for a little bit, and then you like get to get back up there and like try it again, try it again in a super yeah. safe space. You have hits and misses and who cares if you miss in rehearsal, right? Exactly. I, I totally get that. The safety of it, I think, is really nice. But yeah, I could definitely tell from the very first Parker Player show I'd ever seen. I think you were on stage. I think it may have been the Halloween performance last year. And I was like, oh, I remember seeing Paul on stage and was like, that dude has been performing for a while. Like when <laughs> you just had this presence and your 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 gestures or the stage um, acting is like that dude has been doing this for a while. Well, like it was it was fun to see. If you saw me during that Halloween show, you saw a character that I played previously. I was the Mad Hatter. Yes. And I was in Alice in Wonderland twice during high school. Uh, once with the actual school and then once with the outside theater company I talked about. And <laughs> I played the March Hare both times. So when the improv show came up last year and there, he's like, you need a costume and you're going to be in character all night. I was like, I have a character. <laughs> <laughs> so that was also like my chance to be the Mad Hatter finally. <laughs> but you sold it and I bought it man. it was awesome. It was so fun to see. It was it was really, really cool. Like, I was like, there's something different about that person and that performance it was really cool thank you so, yeah. so tell me more about this um parker players fanboy culture oh it was just me okay <laughs> <laughs> like is there like a whole group of people no no i i had taken the class i started taking the class almost a year ago okay. because um i needed a diversion from something that was happening in my personal life and i wanted here's the irony of all of it is that i wanted something that was a skill that would get me out, get me social, but was not going to a bar. And we go to so many bars <laughs> so much as a group. So I'll have to like start taking jujitsu or taekwondo for that part of it. So, but they probably yeah, drink definitely, too. definitely the wrong, <clears throat> the wrong industry. If you didn't want to start drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, God, we go out after rehearsals. We go out after shows. <laughs> it's like, um, but yeah. And, it was important for me for a couple different reasons. I'll, I'll answer your question. Yeah. Is that uh, I knew nothing about it. Um, I had always considered myself funny. Like people laugh when they're around me. Um, and I'd ask Grant, like, how do I get from these classes at the Pace Center to perform? And he said, well, it's invite only. You have to work your way up to it. I was like, oh, great. This is like sports. Mm-hmm. So this is not something that. Oh, like, you know, somebody like, hey, we'll get you in. It's like you have to earn a spot on the rotation. And I immediately took that and was like, I'm not going to ask again. I'll go to the classes if it takes three years of classes at the Pace Center to get called up. That's fine. And I just had put that thought out of my mind. And so it was very, very good for me to have something that had to be earned. And that. Yeah. But like how I just like hanging out with the group. Hey, you guys going out after the show? Like, oh yeah, we're going to Brick House. Oh, cool. And then I would just kind of sit there and just shut up and try to just get to know people. So that's awesome. It was good for me to be the new guy and completely out of my element because that doesn't happen a whole lot. So when did you get called up? 
Oh, wasn't that February of this year? March yeah. of this year, I think. Yeah, I think so. That yeah. sounds right. So pretty quickly. It, yeah. It didn't take three years of classes. We know that much. <laughs> right. The theater is barely almost three years old now. <laughs> right. But I just had let that part of it go. Like that was my goal, but it just whatever I needed to do. And that was that. That's but. amazing. Did you take the classes as well? I was here from the beginning. Wow. <laughs> so right when, yeah, I got really lucky with my timing, I think, because it was just, I think it was either class five or six out of 12 hmm. with the first group of people that he was doing the meetup with was when I started. So I wasn't there from the very beginning, beginning. Once again, I've lied. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I did. Uh, I'm still considered one of the OGs for the theater. So who else is an OG? John and Rick. And. Shoot, that might be it. Cool. I think that's <laughs> it. And then there were three. <laughs> it's so interesting because I came in assuming that everyone that all of you had been part of this for a pretty long time and not really knowing the different points at which people joined and how I should probably go out to the bar with people more often yeah <laughs> I think I'm still on double secret probation I don't even know <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to say thank you to you Emily because you know with as we've talked about your experience I think in that first class you were there we were paired up in a scene and there was no pretentiousness at all there was no sort of I'm an expert math's a beginner like you were just in the moment and it was a really really fun scene i, I know exactly what you're talking about that was so much fun <laughs> yeah but <laughs> it, it wasn't like uh, maybe an actor like you didn't like, cut you know you suck you know, you know, <laughs> because you have the experience and the the credibility where you could do that but it's not and i'm just making this up right yeah. but you were so um helpful and present and now that i know about all of your experience like it, it makes that particular couple minutes of that scene very very special to me is that you're mm -hmm. just like you're, you're taking good care of me and so i just wanted to say thank you for that that was really cool wow that's so nice i would say i will say that though i have been doing this for a while i am very far from being an expert i just like happened to have some big names on my little mm. like the fact i like went through second city Yes, but like, so did that kid who was too socially awkward to sit with us. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like I'm not. I I, I don't know. Um, so I appreciate that. But I, I am learning a lot um, from you guys as well, specifically because there's so such a like diversity. I feel like of experiences and of people in our group. I think so, um, which I think is really cool. Most of the other times I've improvised or the groups I've been in, it's like people who are within like one to two years of my age and are also like young professionals living in this like urban environment. Mm. And here we have just like a whole range of different sorts of people, which is way more interesting and way more fun. I think Absolutely. Well, I'm looking at the clock and we have got to get to rehearsal. <laughs> so um, I want to say thanks to you both for taking the time. This is really, really fun. I thank you it. so much for having us. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> do it again. It. So with that, uh, Paul Steinhauser, Emily Felsenthal, thank you for making the time on our uh, improv series here. So come see us at Parker Players. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>